0: Book One, Chapter Eight of Anna Karenina, read for by Kirsten Ferreri. When the professor had gone, Sergey Ivanovitch turned to his brother, delighted that you've come for some time. Is it? How's your farming getting on? Levin knew that his elder brother took little interest in farming and only put the question in deference to him, and so he only told him about the sale of his wheat and money matters. Levin had meant to tell his brother of his determination to get married, and to ask his advice. He had indeed firmly resolved to do so. But after seeing his brother, listening to his conversation with the professor, hearing afterwards the unconsciously patronizing tone in which his brother questioned him about agricultural matters—their mother's property had not been divided, and Levin took charge of both their shares—Levin felt that he could not, for some reason, begin to talk to him of his intention of marrying. He felt that his brother would not look at it as he would have wished him to. "'Well, how's your district council doing?' asked Sergey Ivanovitch, who was greatly interested in these local boards and attached great importance to them. "'I really don't know.' "'What? Why, surely you're a member of the board?' "'No, I'm not a member now. I've resigned,' answered Levine, and I no longer attend the meetings. "'What a pity!' commented Sergey Ivanovitch, frowning. Levine, in self-defence, began to describe what took place in the meetings in his district. "'That's how it always is,' Sergey Ivanovich interrupted him. "'We Russians are always like that. Perhaps it's our strong point, really, the faculty of seeing our own shortcomings, but we overdo it. We comfort ourselves with irony when we always have on the tip of our tongues. All I say is, give such rights as our local self-government to any other European people. Why, the Germans or the English would have worked their way to freedom from them, while we simply turn them into ridicule.' "'But how can it be helped?' said Levine penitently. "'It was my last effort, and I did try with all my soul. I can't. I'm no good at it.' "'It's not that you're no good at it,' said Sergey Ivanovitch. "'It's that you don't look at it as you should.' "'Perhaps not,' Levine answered dejectedly. "'Oh! Do you know Brother Nikolay's turned up again?' This brother Nikolay was the elder brother of Konstantin Levine, and half-brother of Sergey Ivanovitch, a man utterly ruined, who had dissipated the greater part of his fortune, was living in the strangest and lowest company, and had quarrelled with his brothers. "'What did you say?' Levine cried with horror. "'How do you know?' Prokofy saw him in the street. "'Here in Moscow? Where is he? Do you know?' Levine got up from his chair as though on the point of starting off at once. I'm sorry I told you," said Sergey Ivanovitch, shaking his head at his younger brother's excitement. "I sent to find out where he's living, and sent him his IOU to Trubin, which I paid. This is the answer he sent me." And Sergey Ivanovitch took a note from under a paperweight and handed it to his brother. Levin read in the queer familiar handwriting: "I humbly beg you to leave me in peace; that's the only favor I ask of my gracious brothers, Nikolay Levin." Levin read it, and without raising his head stood with the note in his hands opposite Sergey Ivanovitch. There was a struggle in his heart between the desire to forget his unhappy brother for the time, and the consciousness that it would be base to do so. "'He obviously wants to offend me,' pursued Sergey Ivanovitch. "'But he cannot offend me. And I should have wished with all my heart to assist him, but I know it's impossible to do that.' "'Yes, yes,' repeated Levin. "'I understand and appreciate your attitude to him, but I shall go and see him.' "'If you want to, do, but I shouldn't advise it,' said Sergey Ivanovitch. "'As regards myself, I have no fear of your doing so. He will not make you quarrel with me. But for your own sake I should say you would do better not to go. You can't do him any good. Still, do as you please.' "'Very likely I can't do any good. But I feel—especially at such a moment—but that's another thing. I feel I could not be at peace.' "'Well, that I don't understand,' said Sergey Ivanovitch. "'One thing I do understand,' he added, "'it's a lesson in humility. "'I have come to look very differently and more charitably "'on what is called infamous since brother Nikolai has become what he is. "'You know what he did.' "'Oh, it's awful! Awful!' repeated Levine. After obtaining his brother's address from Sergey Ivanovitch's footman, Levine was on the point of setting off at once to see him, but on second thought he decided he ought to put off his visit until the evening. The first thing to do, to set his heart at rest, was to accomplish what he had come to Moscow for. From his brothers, Levin went to Oblonsky's office, and on getting news of the Shterbatskys from him, he drove to the place where he had been told he might find Kitty. End of chapter 8 This recording is in the public domain.